This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk ambush. Um, I was looking at uh, the U.S. Army uh, Ranger Handbook that uh, my friend uh, Kilo23 hooked me up with. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was reviewing some of the ambush tactics, and I was thinking, you know, that's really something... That might be relevant to you know you preppers out there, and and this is this is what I'm thinking, you know. Basically, it always seems like all right. I'm gonna stockpile all the food. I'm gonna have some guns. I'm gonna have everything, and everything's gonna be great. But eventually, people are gonna get desperate all around you, and they're gonna come looking for your stuff, and. I like to assume that you guys are prepared because that's why you listen to this podcast because you're somebody who plans ahead and prepares your shit. So I like to think that you won't be out just raiding random people trying to take their shit because you already planned and you have a way to take care of yourself. Plus, you've also learned the self-reliance skills in order to kind of sustain and go on. Um. We all know winter can be tough and and hard to, you know, go on, whatever. But uh, that's why we prep. 
You know, that's why you have some food storage and stuff. If you're caught off guard at the wrong season, you're not planned for things to come. So anyway, but there are times where everybody else is getting desperate and there's a chance somebody might try and attack you. Um, things that you need to look for to avoid an ambush might be relevant to you. Mm-hmm. Or maybe somebody comes in with a larger force and raids your compound and steals all your supplies. Or while you're out, you know, go out on date night with the honey. Mm-hmm. You guys are down at the drive-in and then somebody comes in and steals all your preps and you got to go get it back. Then maybe some of these tactics might be something you want to employ. Um, maybe, you know, maybe you need to have a little retaliation. Mm-hmm. And maybe you have a checkpoint coming into your compound at the end of the road and people come in and you never know who's going to show up at your door one day and maybe come in with their boots, uh, you know, kicking. So you might want to have a little preparation to even, you know, ambush people coming into your property if... Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, and I think big you enough know, compound having uh having weapons and firearms and ways to defend yourself, you know you you have to understand a certain amount of tactics. Yes, you know, and I think any kind of uh, training in in tactics and um and uh, use of your firearms in in you know something similar to real life situations. Anytime you're training for that sort of stuff, it's important to have an idea of where you're going and what what you're doing. Sounds right. So, right. so in the military, yes, in a military situation, typically there's a there's a lot of different reasons to to set up an ambush. Um, you I know, think it's to kill bad guys. Yeah, and well, take that's, their that's shit. number one. All right, nice. Um, well, let, let me let me before you get there, give you the Army Ranger definition of what is an ambush. All right, and then we'll talk about how we're gonna do it. Um, an ambush is a surprise attack from a concealed position on a moving or temporarily halted target. Ambushes are classified by category. This is, I think, where you're going to take me. Mm-hmm. Hasty or deliberate, type point or area, and formation, linear or L-shaped. The leader uses a combination of of category, type, and formation in developing his ambush plan. All right, so let's break that down. What is a what is a what are these different types of ambushes? Right. Hasty and deliberate. Uh, hasty hasty ambush is basically when you see the enemy coming, but they haven't seen you yet. You set up real quick. Not a good idea unless you're working with people that know what they're doing, people with experience, and people that you know are trained well. Um, a deliberate ambush is aimed at a specific location when you know the size of the enemy, the types of personnel and equipment they have, uh, the route they're taking, and their schedule. And basically a deliberate ambush is when you have as much information as you could possibly want. Um, A point ambush is uh, an ambush set up at a specific ideal position. The exact place you want to be should be uh, easily defendable from all directions, uh, and it should put the enemy in indefe- in an indefensible position that's difficult to retreat to. 
Basically, it's the ideal situation. You're setting up in the perfect place for an ambush. An area ambush is several point ambushes um, that are synchronized to prevent reinforcements from backing anybody else up and also doing damage and collapsing a supply line uh, in a certain area. Now, do you want to do the linear and the L-shaped ambush? I can do linear and L-shaped ambush. So, linear, Mm -hmm. you might know, as a straight line. Um, That's when you assault from one direction. And honestly, most of them, when I see diagrams and and assault tactics, linear is usually almost like a V. Mm -hmm. Um, Think of it as a really stretched out V. It's a little bit wider, so you're basically a straight line, mm-hmm. but you basically want to funnel them in and kind of scoop them up on the outside. Right. And you move in for the kill. The L-shaped ambush is basically you're assaulting from two different sides, like in L formation. Mm-hmm. Now, not the idea across from is, each other. Not across you from each other. You want to shoot your friend in the ass. That, that's the idea. If you're both shooting straight at the enemy... Mm-hmm. You're not shooting at each other. Mm-hmm. That's the plan. That's how you hope that it's going to play out. There's nothing more embarrassing than attacking the enemy and killing more of your own soldiers than they do. And America has a proud history of friendly fire incidents, mm-hmm. as I hate to point out. Yeah, yeah. there's a, a few of those guys are a little trigger happy. It happens. Aye. So if everybody can kind of plan that out when you go in for the mm-hmm. kill... Now, do you have some kind of tactics you want to talk well, about here? Yeah, I want or to is talk about. Me, or? I want to talk a, a, about a, a couple of important parts of the ambush that, no matter what All your right. tactics are, you're going to want to keep these in mind. All right, go. You're going to need a uh, observation post of some sort. You need like some that. sort of warning. They're coming. Where they're at. Now, these where are usually. Um, when I look at the army training manuals, these are usually referred to as security. Mm-hmm. And security is going to be now. You might call it a scout, a lookout, mm-hmm. but in theory, it might be a couple of people who can also prevent a retreat mm-hmm. or that kind of thing. So right. that's why they get the security designator there. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be the ones saying, "All right, they're approaching the kill zone. They're coming. Get ready, mm-hmm. everybody. Duck. Put out your cigarettes. Mm-hmm. You know the whole deal." Right. Um. Another important thing to think about is the concealment. Uh, if they know where you're at, your ambush is fucked. It's, it's not really an ambush. Not really an ambush anymore. Now, then that, it's now just, you're just a in war a fire or a battle, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you're going to want to keep radio silence, one. Oh, yeah. You're going to want to be quiet, period, because if they hear you moving around, you know, this is this is the t- point where you shut the fuck up, you know? Keep now your mouth is, shut. This is a skill as preppers we all need to work on. Mm-hmm. And I find like when I'm sneaking up on deer and shit, mm-hmm. it's not a skill I've necessarily mastered. Uh huh. You know, like this is when, you know, you know the path that you're going to be hunting and whatever. You go out the day before with a rake mm-hmm. and maybe kind of clear that path out a little bit. And that way, when you go sneaking up quick along, it's not like mm-hmm. through the leaves and the sticks. You might want to do the same thing when setting up for an ambush. There you go. There Just you go. saying. You also don't want to be seen, you know, obviously before, before you know you begin the the attack, and you don't you want to be able to be covered from the air too. 
You know, you don't know what your opponent's up to. You don't know what they're doing. Drones. Drones. Airplanes. Wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, you don't want to be seen. Um, Heavy weapons should be uh, set up in a way that they can have sustained fire on uh, on the kill zone. You know, you want overlapping fire, but you want your heavy weapons set up in a way that they're fortified, protected, but also can be used constantly. You know, the the constant fire is important to uh, throw the enemy into con- confusion, right? You don't want them shooting back. You want them confused, not where- knowing where to go, not seeing any place easy to hide. And this is going to keep you from you getting want the, shot back You want at. them to use the word bloodbath when they report back <laughs> what right. happened. Uh, speed is important. Now... You want to have all your plans, whatever you're going to do, you want to have that all planned out. Uh, a lot of the time, these uh, ambushes only take five, six minutes. And then if you haven't killed everybody, time to get out of there. Just go. You don't want them to be planning a counterattack. You don't want them, you don't want any of that stuff. You just want to disappear. Um, you should have a withdrawal location planned out. Uh, basically... You know, where are you going to rendezvous? And are you going to be retreating someplace that's defendable if there's a counterattack, right? So you want to have some sort of fortified position to fall back to. And uh, now you want to talk about any of the other uh, yeah, so tactics? With, a, with an ambush, I think the kill zone is kind of key. And it's something you really need to plan out or pick you know, very carefully. Mm-hmm. And if you can't choose, like, you know, I mean, maybe you know that they run their convoy once a week up and down this road or whatever, mm-hmm. then you can pick out the point on the road and you can pick and choose. But if you can't pick out the location because it's very limited, you you just know they're the only place you can ensure that they're going to end up is, you know, right out front of your compound then you want to find ways to set up the ambush area to be a a perfect kill zone. So what I mean by that, like in a perfect world, you want some kind of valley Mm -hmm. that they're going to come drive in. And when they end up in the middle, there's no cover that they can get behind, you know, aside of their own vehicles or whatever. And you want it so that, they're shooting up at you and you're basically leaning over a cliff and just mm-hmm. right whoa, and you don't want them to move, be able to move forward or move back right you want it to be like shooting fish in a barrel kind mm-hmm. of thing so there are things you can do to help set this up so you want to eliminate any kind of cover in the area that they could really use mm-hmm. or at least set up in a position where you're going to be able to flank them if, you know, they end up utilizing, you know, such an immovable object. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing we've talked about in the past is you need to be able to funnel them in to ensure they're going to end up in the area that you want. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, maybe the road naturally does that, but if not, you're going to have to set up the trail or whatever whatever obstacles that are going to make it hard for them that they're going to end up in the right spot. But you have to make sure 
they don't have some obvious cover that they can just jump behind and be like, woohoo, mm-hmm. you know? And if you know they're coming in with vehicles, you're going to have to come up with a way to be able, you know, that's when you're going to need the L-shaped or like that. You're not going to do linear and then they have all their vehicles and they can just sit behind it and it's just a gunfight back and forth. Right. Um, spider holes, that kind of thing. You know, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago or a week ago on our podcast. That's, you know, another thing being dug in where you're in the ground and you're just covered and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, but also have an escape route, um, you know, a spider hole, but have a way to get out of there, mm-hmm. you know? So think about things like that. Think about, you know, coming in from above, definitely being above. Yeah. You want the upper ground. Will you know, when you're fishing a barrel, it's not good. Mm-hmm. You don't want people coming down at you. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's good. I think um, you know, there's a uh, ambush I was reading about uh, the IRA did in the British military. I think I think this was in the seventies, and uh, they set up a specific spot that would be an obvious location that the soldiers would retreat to, right? To you know, hunker down. And it was a guardhouse, right? And uh, it was all rigged with explosives, right. and they all went the, in there. The ranger manual talks about claymores and right. you know all that, and that's what you want to do. You want to say, well, all right, if I get pinned down here, what am I going to do? Where am I going to hide? Mm-hmm. You got to go in and look at the area and think about it like that. Um, you know, say what what's going to be my attack, and if you don't have explosives or some kind of way. One, I would recommend setting up some kind of booby traps or some kind of, mm-hmm. you know, setup that you can do to, uh, you know, enhance your victory, we'll say. But explosives, maybe it's something you guys need to figure out. I don't know. Yeah, Chuck and I talked about that when we first started doing this podcast, that we never really talk about how to make a bomb. We're not going to help you there, yep. but there, there's ways. There is ways. Um. Now you want to talk and it about? It turns out the army makes lots of manuals. On yeah, they'll tell you all all how to do it, exactly how to do it. Not me though. Not gonna say nothing about that. IEDs, claymores, whatever it is. That's that's your own that's your own uh, bag there. Um, you want to talk about a couple of ambushes that actually? Uh, all right. Well, one. Right, let me let me start it out with this. One of the things that got me thinking, like one of the best ambush setups I had, is. A guy's in a concrete bunker and he ended up going and like barricading himself in a bathroom window Mm -hmm. or, you know, in a bathroom and was shooting out a bathroom window. And what they considered to be a secure, you know, base over in Iraq, whatever. And then this guy's just shooting out the window and all day. It's hard to shoot at a small target Mm-hmm. When you're in a big open field and right. somebody's just blasting at you. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's just something to think about. You know, just having great cover for yourself, mm-hmm. having the ultimate fortified position, and having enough people. You know, that overabundance of, you know, the the huge force makes the big difference. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think you have some uh, great stories here. Well, I've been doing some uh, reading on Ned uh, about Ned Kelly for a show we're going to do in a few weeks. And uh, I was looking at the uh, the ambush at Stringy Bark Creek. Now, it was uh, Ned and Dan Kelly and Joe Byrne and Steve Hart. 
they're hiding out in the wombat ranges, which is apparently, a, I mean, that sounds super Australian. It does. It's a, it's a mountain range in, in Australia, and, you know, congrats for really, like, bringing it home. Um, Sergeant Kennedy and three other police officers uh, went out looking for him to bring him in to arrest him. All right. Supposedly arrest him or shoot him. And uh, they set up a, a camp along uh, uh, Stringy Bark Creek in a heavily wooded area. And uh, Kennedy and one of the other officers went out to search for the Kellys, but the Kellys were not really that far away and just heard him setting up. So, obviously, they broke the first rule of trying to uh, be quiet, and they got their ambush turned around on them. And uh, once the... Once the uh, the uh, Kennedy and the other officer uh, went out looking for him. The Kellys basically just walked into their camp and caught the two guys that were there alone. You know, caught them, caught the drop on, got the drop on them. All right. Uh, they asked him to surrender, and uh, one man did, and the other one didn't. When ran for his gun, they shot him. Um. Now, when Kennedy and the other officer, it was uh, Scanlon was the name of the other officer, All right. uh, showed back up, uh, Ned Kelly had the other guy that was there sitting Naked next and to the fire. No sitting, no, sitting next to the fire with him. Uh-huh. And so he, they thought those were the two guys that they left behind. Gotcha. And uh, the other guy, you know, yelled out and said, you know, surrender, put your arms down. I think they said bail up is what they say. But that's Australian. That's Australian for for whatever. All right, Australian shit, and uh, or at least it is for today's surrender. podcast. Yep, and uh, uh, they didn't. And Kennedy and Scanlon uh, started uh, fight fighting back, and uh, there was a shootout, and the other guy is uh, McClintyre escaped. Uh, he was the guy that had surrendered. And Ned Kelly said he wasn't gonna wasn't gonna shoot a guy that surrendered, so let him go. Now, there's a lot of like disputed information about what actually happened here. I'm just giving you the basic facts that everybody agrees on. All right. Um, but this uh, McClintyre that that had escaped gave one uh, you know gave a statement to the newspaper, and then uh, Ned Kelly wrote a letter in that was extremely. It was amazing. It yeah. was an amazing letter. I read read most of it, and it's uh, it's long and wordy and fantastic. And I I have one sentence that I I'm gonna read for the. Uh, this is gonna drive it home for, for us from the letter that was uh, you know it said uh, as for my brothers and sisters and mother, not to be pitied also, who has no alternative but to put up. With the brutal and cowardly conduct of a parcel of big, ugly, fat-necked, wombat-headed, big-bellied, magpied-legged, narrow-hipped, splay-footed sons of Irish bailiffs. That man knew how to insult somebody. Sounds it. And, you know, that, that, you know, that's, that's, that rates high in my big book. If you can really insult somebody like that, you know, that's, that's legit. So, we'll have more on Ned Kelly in a few weeks, though. We're going to do a little bit of a... Australian badass podcast, I think. Yeah, the Australians get their own badass. They, they get their own. Their I think own they podcast. can thank Maybe Hamish Ned for Kelly. that. Is yeah, Hamish, Hamish the one is, bringing is the that reason. home? 
is the reason. But I think, uh, you know, we might be able to do a whole podcast just on Ned Kelly. Really? Now, the other uh, ambush I wanted to talk about was uh, uh, the William Brady ambush. Now, a lot of the time they say that, uh, you know, Ned Kelly is the uh, Australian Billy the Kid. I don't know if I'd go that far. Maybe Billy the Kid is the uh, American Ned, Ned Kelly. Kelly. I don't know. But Billy the Kid is pretty famous. And uh, he may have shot more than 21 people before he was shot to death when he was 21, but it was probably closer to like 10. And I don't even know if he was shot to death. I mean, I see the movies. They imply he's still Brushy alive. Bill is that, was out there. I don't know. All Who right. Knows what really but moving right to along. Kid. But on April Fool's Day, we do know what happened. 1878, uh, five, five of the, uh, the regulators went into uh, the town of Lincoln. Uh, French McNabb, Middleton, Waite, Brown, Billy the Kid, and uh, maybe Jose Chavez-y Chavez. Now, I feel like with names like that, you're bound to be a legend. Right. I mean, the guy was born with the name Jose Chavez y Chavez. I mean, what else can you do with that name? You got to be awesome. That sounds right. Um, now, basically what had happened was that Sheriff Brady had an arrest warrant for Billy the Kid, and Billy the Kid had an arrest warrant for Sheriff Brady. That's smart. So, uh, basically the the... the Warrant for Brady was for killing, uh, for being involved in the killing of John Tunstall, who is uh, Billy the Kid, kid's employer. So he had a he had a bit of a revenge streak in him, and uh, went down to Lincoln. They went down behind uh, Tunstall's store, got ready, and then they set up between a uh, between a wall along the main street of Lincoln. All right, and Brady came down with uh, with three of his. Uh, deputies just doing a patrol and they shot Brady 12 times because apparently three isn't good enough for now keep going uh they shot uh George Hinderman and they killed him and then uh McCarty was uh was one of the guards and Brady had stolen his rifle earlier so he ran out to get the get his rifle back right and one of Brady's guys shot him and it went through him and hit French, another one of the guys that was running out in the street. Now, all of the regulators were able to escape, but uh, they had one of them, uh, it was either uh, French or uh, uh, McCarty, had to hide out in the crawl space behind some underneath somebody's house for, for three or four days before he could actually get away. That hurts. Um, but, I mean, there's a lot of different ambush situations. Uh that have happened through history. You look back through the history, through history, and it's like a, you know, there's some some major ones between the the Germans, Germanicus, and the uh, and the Romans. You know that was uh, pretty legit. So read up on that one if you're if you're interested in hearing more about it. Troy, um, there's some kind of Trojan horse. There was a Trojan horse, yeah. All through history, there's some really really good things, really uh, interesting stories out there. So uh, look into it. Now, what else is interesting is uh, Bigfoot. Now, you heard you were telling me something about Bigfoot before we started the podcast. So let me tell you, I'm listening to the radio the other day, mm-hmm. and I hear this breaking news that 
you know, the Bigfoot uh, hunt may be over in our local town over in Rhinebeck. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Bigfoot doesn't live in the Northeast, right? That's not, well, here's the thing. I found it suspicious because <laughs> they said the homeowner was startled. So you're thinking, oh, he must have saw a Bigfoot out his back window. That's mm-hmm. probably what startled him, right? right? By finding footprints in his backyard. And I'm like, I got to tell you, when I see footprints, I'm not really startled. (laughs) And then they looked into it, and it may be, this is what I heard on the radio, Mm -hmm. Bigfoot, a reptilian, or I think it was a level six dog man. Level six dog man, sure. Sure. Who hasn't heard that? Now, and I'm thinking, but I'm like, wait a minute. Now, I imagine Bigfoot to have some kind of footprint like a giant foot, like a human, right? Mm-hmm. I imagine a reptilian to have a completely different kind of footprint. Mm-hmm. And I imagine a dog man to have a completely different footprint than that. Well, first off, I want to... Or is the level six dog man closer to a regular... Now, some of these, some of the guys were joking about this on the Facebook page. The reptilians pay me a lot of money to <laughs> yeah. not talk about them. So we're just going to cross that one off the list. Right, Definitely we'll was not reptilians. Out? Right. Oh, okay. Dogman, possibly. Possibly. <laughs> More likely, this guy is an idiot. <laughs> and there's also the possibility that some kids knew he was an idiot. And so did reptilian <laughs> tracks in his backyard. I just feel like... Like, how could you confuse all three? Like, I don't know which one, but this is very disturbing. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to get to we're the gonna, bottom of that. We're going to figure this out. Don't worry, guys. We're going to get to the bottom we'll of this. get to the bottom. And if I ever see Bigfoot, I'm shooting his ass. Because nobody ass. has proof. There's video that's all disproven. But then it's just like some hairy guy and you shot him. Fuck that guy, man. Shouldn't have been wandering around in the woods looking like Bigfoot. property. (laughs) Yeah. It's your own fault for looking like Bigfoot. All right. Walking Mm -hmm. around naked in the backyard. (laughs) Haven't you ever heard of manscaping? (laughs) Cut some of that hair off your ass. Nobody want, no woman wants to date a man that's got a sweater on when he takes his shirt off. What are you trying to say, dude? Now I'm a little worried. Maybe you should ha- uh, shave your back, Chuck. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, it's some disturbing times we live in. Ay, ay, ay. No, not bad. What else you got to report? Well, that's that's it for tonight. Uh, I do want to say if any of you guys got any ideas on how I can track this Bigfoot slash reptilian slash dogman dog down. Yeah. Email us at preppingbadass at gmail.com. All right. Um, also, want to keep you uh, posted here. Tack Pack, about ready to send out a new box. So uh, now's the time. Now is the time. You want to get in on it? Get some uh, happy AR-15 treats, other cool badass gear. Um, you go over to tackpack.com, sign up for a subscription. It's like forty nine ninety five a month. And... The bounty will abound. And I'm saying if you use code BADASS, free gun cleaning mat, they'll hook you up. Now, there's one other thing. Um, uh, if you guys want to donate to Patreon, oh, we like really Hamish. appreciate that. There's Hamish a lot of guys that have, been, that, have been ta- that have been taking care of us, helping us out. 
Um, now, I did mention something about a mystery patch to the next person that, that got on Patreon. Is Hamish that guy? And Hamish is that guy. Did he email you? I Yes, I've got the email. Oh. Uh-huh. And I am going to hook him up with the, with the mystery patch. All right. So Hamish is in the mystery patch. He's getting all kinds of mysteries. Um, shipping things to other countries can be tough. Yeah, Hamish, uh, bear with us. This might take a while. <laughs> I, we've tried and failed and succeeded. Well, what I've experienced when I go to the post office, they say, what is this? And I go, a letter? And they say, hmm. Every other time you're using these same exact envelopes and you tell me it's a patch, but now that it's going out of the country, mm-hmm. you're saying it's a letter? This is suspicious. Yeah. And then I say, that is suspicious. <laughs> and that then, is so strange. And <laughs> I mail it anyway. And then, because it turns out if you mail patches, I think there's something about customs forms. Oh, really? Because it's some kind of, you're sending stuff. Yeah, I don't know nothing about that. I have no interest. <laughs> but we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. All right. So, Hamish, hold your breath. We'll see what we can do. It'll get there eventually. Eventually. So with that, stay safe. We'll talk to you guys next week. Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! Oh! Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.